This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. Bluebutterfly.co.uk. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay on Friday, October the 15th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Coming up, we're going to have details on the Canterbury Festival, which gets underway this weekend, and a paddleboarding championships happening in Thanet. We also have an incredibly heartfelt interview with a dad to mark the end of baby loss awareness week. Do stay listening for that. But first, a Medway man who left a firefighter in a permanent coma has been told to expect a jail sentence. Paul Hooper was in court for the Kent Online podcast. If there was a case which demonstrated just how tight-knit the firefighting community in Kent is, then this was it. It's not uncommon having half a dozen people to sit and listen to a case, but in the trial of Lewis Hayes, there were so many that staff had to open a room at the Mercure Hotel near Maidstone just to cater for them. And the saddest thing is that the man at the centre of this tragedy, Paul Reeve, was not able to hear a single word. He'd been confronted by Hayes two years ago as he was about to leave the Eagle Tavern in Rochester after a wonderful night out. The two went to shake hands, and whatever was said, Hayes then delivered a violent shove so great it knocked his victim to the ground. And as a friend of Mr Reeves stepped in to stop the argument, Hayes then lashed out with his foot, and it would seem he made contact with the side of his victim's head. Even then, Mr Reeves stood up and left the pub, only to collapse outside. He went into a coma has never spoken a word since then. The footage was shown several times during his trial at Maidstone Crown Court as lawyers argued over what Hayes' intent had been, given that he had already admitted causing the injury. And after nearly 15 hours of deliberation, the jury concluded that Hayes had not deliberately caused that injury. But because he'd admitted it, he will now be sentenced at a later date. This case, sadly, is an example of how men in drink seem to be unable to deal with confrontation in a lawful way. Hayes never intended to leave Mr Reeve in a coma, but that was the risk he took when he lashed out without thought that night. 24-year-old Lewis Hayes from Eden Avenue in Walderslade has been released on bail until November the 4th when he'll be sentenced. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you now and a reports raise concerns there are not enough maternity staff at hospitals in East Kent to keep women and babies safe. The Care Quality Commission carried out unannounced inspections at the William Harvey in Ashford, Margate's QEQM and community teams in Canterbury and Dover in July. Amanda Williams from the CQC says they found staff were sometimes working up to 20-hour shifts. She's been speaking to Ishmael. Staff were working extra hours. Uh, They were often being called in from the community to work those additional hours, sometimes working as many as 20 hours in a day uh, with very little time for break. Uh, um, And whilst the trust were... um, incentivising these staff uh, financially, they were exhausted, stressed um, and very anxious. Uh, And and this is a concern because it's at those times that people's judgment can be impaired. Yeah. And and looking at the report, just adding on to your points there, I mean, you highlight also that some staff had not been fully trained in key skills, for example, safeguarding. Combining some of these factors, that's 
potentially quite dangerous, isn't it? Yes, it can be. And that's why we asked the trust to make some um, swift changes to to address that. The, the uh, midwives were being pulled in from other activities such as training and also from the community in order to um, minimise the risks to women and babies during delivery. Uh, a, a result of that is that uh, some things can then get behind such as uh, training but training is a really important part of safety um, and so there's a real need to try and balance the two. So we raise these concerns with the trust um, and they put in place some um, immediate actions uh, for example, they had already recruited a number, a large number of uh, new midwives, which were uh, due to start last month. Um, uh, so in September, um, which would uh, very much help uh, ease the pressures on those existing staff. Uh, they also uh, suspended their midwifery, uh, their, their home birth service. And that meant that uh, they could uh, maintain safety for all women and babies uh, uh, by having them birth in um, the uh, acute units or in the midwifery-led unit. And this was far safer for, for all women and babies across East Kent. Hospital bosses say they're investing £1.6 million to improve midwifery staffing levels. An investigation is currently underway into a number of potentially preventable baby deaths at the East Kent Hospital's Trust. A man from Lyd who used the internet to try and groom and meet up with underage girls is finally behind bars. Barry Watling sent inappropriate pictures and messages to a victim who reported it to police. The 33-year-old from Coast Drive had been arrested twice for similar offences in the past. He's now been jailed for three and a half years. It's understood the Environment Agency is carrying out a criminal investigation into a southern water leak in Thanet. Wastewater was released into the sea after a pumping station was struck by lightning during heavy rainfall in June. No swim zones were in place at 11 beaches as a result. The company has been criticised following a number of recent spills on the Kent coast. A Dartford man has apologised after punching a police officer in the face while being arrested. The PC was left with a black eye after being hit in Plumstead last November. 37-year-old Jagdish Nandra from Keith Avenue in Sutton at Hone has been given a 12-month community order and told to pay compensation. The Kent Online Podcast with Blue Butterfly. Fly, Earl Street, Maidstone. A 21-year-old's been arrested after a number of women were terrorised by a man in Gravesend. Lucy has the details for the podcast. We're told one victim had a hand put over her mouth as she walked down an alleyway between Hevercourt Road and Cedar Avenue in May. A man then exposed himself to a woman on the same path a month later. A third offence took place in July when a photo was taken up the skirt of a teenage girl in Winfell Way. Following the release of CCTV images, a man from Gravesend handed himself in to detectives this morning. Increased police patrols in the area will continue. Three men have been arrested after 100 cannabis plants were found in Rochester. Police searched a house on Ford Street yesterday following reports of people acting suspiciously. The men have been questioned and released on bail until next month. A car dealership group founded in Kent almost half a century ago has been sold for more than £60 million. Motorline has its headquarters in Canterbury and showrooms across the county. The company has been bought by Marshall Motor Group with around 1,500 members of staff keeping their jobs. 
Now, buildings across Kent will be lit pink and blue tonight to mark the end of Baby Loss Awareness Week. Rochester Cathedral will be among those, marking the wave of light at 7pm. Finn Guthrie from Faversham has been raising money for charity Abigail's Footsteps after his son Oscar was stillborn at 32 weeks. More than £8,000 will buy three cold cots so parents can spend more time with their baby. I've been chatting to Finn about that time and why he wanted to help others. Yeah, it was really hard. It still is really hard, you know. We've um, managed to have one son since as well, which has been really lovely. But for our son's second birthday, I wanted to... I didn't really want to sit around and be all miserable. I wanted to actually try and help other families that have been through similar situations because not every hospital has this piece of equipment I've been trying to fundraise for. And just tell us a bit about how that helped you at a really, really difficult time, because presumably you were at Medway Maritime, were you? Yeah, yeah, we were. Um, yeah, our son was born in Medway. Essentially, this piece of equipment helps preserve stillborn children so families can spend a bit more of the, the little time that we get to spend with them, even extending it by a couple hours to even 24 hours or more. It's something that I was talking to a friend about this the other day. It's something that you think like you don't even think twice about, like when a, when a, a, a healthy baby is born absolutely fine that everyone wants to spend time with them but it's not something you think about wanting to spend time with your child once they've passed away but I think once your your child has been born you can't imagine anything else so having the chance to extend that time for however long I think is not only important I think it's essential as well. How much of a difference do you think it made to you and your partner that you did have that time with your little boy? As heartbreaking as it was, I wouldn't change a second. You know, it was, I don't know, it was really sad, obviously, but it was so important. When we were first told we lost our son, we went into complete, both of us, like defence mode of, no, we don't want to, like the bereavement counsellors are right, you can hold your child, you can spend as much time about no no <laughs> in complete denial about it and just we were just scared because we it's something you hear about you never expect it to happen to yourself but once he was born I couldn't imagine not having that time with him and same with my partner you know every second was absolutely cherished we took photos we kept a lock of his hair you know we we did everything. We have a really lovely memory box we keep at his grandma's house. Um, yeah, I think it's really, it was perfect for us that time. Friday evening is quite a, a special time as well because it's the wave of light. How are you going to be marking that on Friday? It's my partner's 25th birthday um, this Friday. So we've got a really nice day planned. We're going to go to, Can we're gonna, I think we're going to Wingham with our son we're going to go see some animals which would be really nice um and then i think we're just going to spend the day together in the evening we'll um have some dinner and light some candles with everyone it's quite a thing where, like my family will all light our candles and send each other photos and stuff and all we'll just like have a nice chat i think and what does it mean for you personally when you see pictures of all the all the buildings lit up pink and blue as well? I know Rochester Cathedral are doing that again Friday. And it, I mean, it just looks absolutely stunning, doesn't it? Do you think it is time that we do talk about this 
more and, and perhaps maybe men talk about it more as well because maybe it's it's something that men haven't spoken about previously as as much when I when I, personally when I see it I'm just quite overwhelmed by you know the obvious support is there you know everyone it's a subject everyone cares about and that was shown through how fast this event that I've run has kind of caught ground and exploded but I think within kind of talking about your feelings is hard anyway feeling vulnerable and it is the most vulnerable time in your life for a dad to even like giving having your partner give birth to a healthy child let alone one that's passed away and to talk about that it makes you feel very very vulnerable and it's a scary feeling but I think it's quite essential you know like personally I'm I cry all the time. <laughs> it's a sad TV advert and that sets me off. But um, I feel, personally, I feel quite lucky that my friends who have gone through similar situations or most of the people I've talked to have been really open and vocal about it. Even friends who have lost babies at any stage along pregnancy, whether it's two weeks or two weeks from birth, you know, it doesn't hurt any more or less. Finn is raising money for Abigail's footsteps who will distribute the cold cots to hospitals. You can find his fundraising page just by searching for Finn Guthrie on GoFundMe. You can also find out more details about Abigail's footsteps by going to abigailsfootsteps.co.uk. Kent Online reports. Campaigners are calling for a pedestrian and cycling bridge to be included in plans to improve the Brenly Corner Junction of the M2. The Faversham's Society saying a flyover is urgently needed at the busy roundabout where the motorway meets the A2 and A299. It's one of the busiest junctions in Kent and national highways are looking at ways to reduce congestion. A reminder, a bridge over the M20 will be closed for essential maintenance all weekend. Station Road, which crosses the motorway between junctions 4 for Laybourne and 5 for Aylesford, will be shut from 8 tonight until 5 on Monday morning. Works needed to replace the joints, waterproofing and resurfacing. It'll also be closed overnight on Monday and Tuesday. A Syrian refugee who went to school in Tenterden has got a place to study architecture at university. Omar Al-Sali barely knew how to speak English when he arrived in Kent with his family in 2017. The 20-year-old managed to get his GCSEs and other qualifications from the Homewood School and is now going to Brighton Uni. He eventually wants to return to Syria to help rebuild the country. The Canterbury Festival is getting underway this weekend with a medieval pageant through the city centre. Last year's event had to be scaled right back because of Covid, but organisers say around three quarters of the normal programme is running this year. Audiences will be encouraged to wear face masks, but it's only an advisory. Marketing manager Rob Smith says the opening parade tomorrow will be pretty spectacular. Canterbury Bid, they do the medieval pageant every year and obviously last year it was postponed. And yeah, so it's back this year. Um, It starts at 11am from the Westgate Towers and and proceeds for 45 minutes, give or take, to the Butter Market, just outside Canterbury Cathedral. Um, There's three giants. They're about four metres tall, give or take. (laughs) And yeah, it should be really great. They've also got series of activities in the afternoon as well. There's an an arts trail and various other things throughout the day. Now, obviously, the, the Canterbury Festival did happen last year, but it was very much in the midst of the pandemic. Does this year, although the pan, you know, COVID hasn't gone away, does it feel slightly more of a, celebration this year and that more people will want to come along and and get involved in everything that you've got happening 
Yeah, indeed. Obviously, last year, it, last year was great in the end. It was, um, it was really hard work, obviously, being socially distanced and smaller audiences, about 25% uh, of the programme. But yeah, yeah, this year, if it, it feels a lot, obviously, obviously, yeah, we're still very, very aware of the situation, but we're kind of taking the tack of its, its precaution rather than restrictions. So we're asking audiences to wear masks. Um, it is optional. And then other things like cleaning venues, keeping them ventilated. But in terms of program, the program's almost kind of 75% of what it would normally be. And yeah, uh, the tickets are selling really well. And there's just a really big array of things going on. Events will be running until October the 30th. Margate Winter Gardens have apologised after cancelling another show because of maintenance issues. Comedian Al Murray was due to perform at the venue tonight and Tony Blackburn's show yesterday evening was also affected. Some people who had tickets are angry about the late notice. And the Wanted are back and have been chatting to Gary and Claire on KMFM Breakfast. Jay, Max, Sievert, Tom and Nathan have released Rule the World, their first music together in seven years they're also bringing out a greatest hits album and going on tour next year it's so nice to be back and like some things have changed a lot of things are the same just really nice to catch up with all the boys again and, and have a laugh you know what was the first thing when you were like oh this is just like the old days or on the other hand what was also the thing was like oh that's different that's changed i think the thing that stayed the same is uh, our relationship with each other like when you get you, when you get back together with old friends, whether it's from the boy band you were in or the uni you went to, you just have a certain role among your groups and that always stay the same. You know, life changes. Obviously, Tom's in a crazy situation right now. He's also a dad. We've all, you know, branched out and done different things. And I think we've got just a different perspective. You know, we're enjoying the little things and, you know, not taking anything for granted. Oh, brilliant. And you've got a new song out as well. You've got a new single. Tell us all about that. Max, you wrote it. Yeah, it's, it's called Rule the World. It's very dancey, it's, it's very upbeat, uh, which, you know, we were kind of known for. It's just the wanted of 2021. What did you get inspiration from, Max, when you were writing it? It's, it's basically about being the best that you can be. I've always found that the best I can be is when I'm with doing it with people, like being in the wanted. So it, the inspiration, yeah, it's, a, it's about doing things, but you don't have to do them alone. Well, if you missed them on our sister radio station this morning, you can listen now at kmfm.co.uk. Kent Online Sport. Football and struggling Gillingham welcome promotion chasing Sunderland to Priestfield this weekend. The Jules have only picked up 11 points from their 12 games so far this season and sit just two places above the League One relegation zone. Tomorrow's visitors, meantime, are up in the playoff spots. Striker Verdane Oliver has been speaking to Tommaso Domidio from our colleagues at KMTV. We're not piecing together long enough performances in games. Like I said, with confidence that will come. But yeah, we've there's been a, there's been a lot of times this year where we've maybe looked good over 20 minutes over the first half or over the second half. We really now need to start putting in performances where you're seeing that for a 90 to 75 minute period where we are looking together as a squad we are putting in those good performances and then obviously we'll get the results because this year is one of the hardest years I've seen in the league so if we don't do that we're going to be we are going to be in a serious situation that is going to going to be hard to get out of so yeah I think it's just piecing those performances together not looking good for 20 minutes and then not not up to it for the next do you know what I mean? For the next 70 it's, it's kind of putting in real real good performances throughout the, throughout the, the, um, the game. As you said, obviously, consistency um, perhaps is the key, but maybe, you know, even that kind of a shock result against 
against Sunderland over the weekend. You know, maybe that's that's what needed for for the dressing room, just you know, to to build up a little bit of confidence in you guys. You know, if you can beat Sunderland, you can probably beat anyone in in the league. Is that is that correct? Hundred percent, I agree with you fully. There, I think this is a game where you you get a, you pick up a good result here. We're at home, and we know our, our support home is really good. No one wants to come and play us there. And that that they can they, those games can be the ones that are kind of catalyst that that set you up and and help you with that confidence of the squad and and kind of kick you on. Um, so yeah, I think we can pick up a real good result at home. There's no reason why we can't go for the next three or four and pick up a, a lot of points, and then we're looking completely different at the league table. Do you know what I mean? I think it's games like this that you you look forward to. And, uh, obviously, results like the weekend. So. Yeah, I think as a squad we are we're we're ready for this one and hopefully like you said it, it will be the one that kind of gives us that confidence and that little boost. Kick off tomorrow is at three. You can follow the match action at kentonline.co.uk. And the final of the National Paddleboarding Series takes place in Kent this weekend. Viking Bay and Broadstairs has been chosen as the venue. The event had been in some doubt after a wastewater spill from a pumping station last week saw the area covered by a no swim zone. Thankfully, that is set to be lifted in time. Andy Webb is from Kent Surf School in the town and is looking forward to it. It's amazing. It's really amazing. So we've, what we've got this Saturday, the 16th of October, starting at 10am, we've got um, a number of races to be held around the country, uh, which have been held around the country, but specifically we've been chosen in Kent to host the GB Sup National Series Open Tech stand-up paddleboarding race, where there's going to be technical races at six kilometres. We're going to see professional races on 14-foot long um, boards racing. Um, a 12-foot six boards could be racing doing three kilometres. Uh, we've got a challenge race that anybody can take part and enter if you've got a paddleboard. And then we've got our junior races encouraging water safety and safe paddling in the water. So it's a great thing. It's a major event that we've been asked as Kent Surf School um, to, to host GB SUP, which is fantastic. It's only going to get better and improve year on, year out. You know, it's a huge national national race that everyone is coming from the, around the country to take part in um, as a timed and competitive challenge race. Brilliant. And for someone who maybe hasn't done paddleboarding or surfing before and might be hearing about this event for the first time, I mean, is it much of a spectator sport or is it something people can get involved in themselves? And what would you say to encourage that? Well, I want everyone to use it, especially after two years now of paddleboarding, it's really increased. Anybody can come and take take part. Obviously, at national level, if you've got a 14-foot race board, then you can take part by entering and registering. Um, as well as a 12-foot, you can take part. And an all-rounder race, if you've got a board that is all-round sized, you can take part. Now, if you want to spectate, it's all free to spectate, um, which would be fantastic. You know, Spend your money with all the, the coffee shops around the local area, which is fantastic to boost the tourism. Um, and, and come and watch the the event happen and take pl- and take place you know for big, bigger and better things um if you haven't done paddleboarding before come and have a lesson with us at kent surf school we're happy to teach you um and show you the means and show you the safety before going into the water which is a really big part of entering the water but as i said it's a free event uh really come to see this national race take part you know, you know happen in our area which is massive the racing gets underway at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning well that's all for today thanks ever so much for listening don't forget you can follow us on facebook twitter and instagram plus you can subscribe to the im news app that will give you access to all km group newspapers just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe news you can trust this is the kent online podcast 
This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. Bluebutterfly.co.uk.